they're back. I'm talking about Jack and Jack. Hi, beautiful human. Guys, they're back on our couch for the first time in years. They have new music on the way, a lot of life to discover and uncover. There's so much going on here. So let's get into it. Subscribe to our podcast, share with those you care about, and enjoy our conversation with Jack and Jack. Hello, beautiful human. My name is Zach. That is Dan. We yep. welcome back to the studio. Jack and Jack. Woo! Hey, hey. Thanks, thanks for, for having us. Having us. Boys. Wee. They were happy to be here. You're just talking about uh, <laughs> our old show, the last place that we all hung out collectively that mm-hmm. was yeah. not on Zoom, was in this, our old studio. A lot of uh, quite similar to what we're doing here today. Yeah. The most similar, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but I appreciate you reaching out when our show at the last place came to an end. Well, dude, every single time without fail, we've been on here. We walk away and we're like, it's just such a breath of fresh air and. In this space that's filled with, you know, just filler questions and run-of-the-mill shit that we've answered a million times. Like, I feel like you guys always just cut a bit deeper. And so, you know, yeah. I think everybody who comes on here appreciates that. Well, I, We I, definitely do, so. Thank you. And, and by the way, in this moment, it takes one to know one as the both of you are podcast hosts. Uh, we are, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, season two coming it's up. It's on a hiatus right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of our co-hosts moved back to Arizona, like, briefly. Yeah, um, it's tough to do. I don't know if you've ever done a long-distance thing. Oh. Yeah, like, he'll come in town and we gotta, like, knock out three episodes in a row, like, day by day by but day. then they're not, like, relevant. And then it's like shit. Mm-hmm. We don't have stuff to talk about because we just talked about everything yesterday, and yeah. so it's like it, it got. It's getting a little um, difficult, but he's coming back soon. And we're gonna be yeah. revamping for season two. Yeah. So. Why do we want to dive into it? What was like the main? I'm, I, I ask out of genuine curiosity because the truth is, it's not not your hustle, hustle. It's yeah. not what you no. do. It's not your genuine career. No. It's not even why we're here talking today because no. we have a lot to get to. Yeah. But like, I just want to know why was it. You want to know why? You have friends, like, wanting to hang out? What was the motivation? The biggest thing to me was me and G, we were in a period where, like, we contractually, like, we couldn't even make music together, which we can get into. You know, there's a lot to talk about in that aspect, but... You you couldn't make music together? No, No. absolutely. I mean, we can mess around in the studio. I mean, we would, like, all the time. Yeah, we would make music, but we couldn't release anything based on... We can dive into this, but the podcast, we wanted to kind of do something where we could still be Jack and Jack in a sense, still work together and do something in the business front and the content front. While uh, while this kind of shit show was happening behind the scenes, you feel but, me? So, okay, and we love it. We love just talking. It's just fun to shoot yeah, the shit it's with fun, your boys. You know? it's, it's great. Yeah, you're friends. And yeah. By the way, like that's the core of any great podcast, but it also has the potential to ruin friendships. Yeah. Well, with us, that's just like was never. Well, you've been working together yeah. for so long creatively. Like fuck. I don't think anything. Yeah, the podcast. If if everything else didn't tear us apart, the podcast wasn't gonna have any like hiccups. With, with that's what us. I'm saying. If the music industry shit didn't tear us apart. Nothing could go wrong there. You feel yeah. me? So you were just really looking for a genuine creative outlet that involved the both of you. Yeah, something where we yeah. could like promote whether it was like our solo endeavors, um, something where we could just talk about what's going on in our lives and and not leave our you know fans our supporters in the dark week by week by week, which it kind of felt like we were doing. Um, yeah, for like at least a year there. For a while, 2019 you know, to 2020, we didn't. I mean, really. shit got weird for sure. Yeah. And so yeah, we wanted an outlet. We wanted an outlet to you know be able to tell our people things that we just wanted to get off our chest and that we just we thought they deserved to know what was fueling the weirdness i guess if we want to take it back uh there was a there was a big kind of wrench that was thrown in jack and jack following our 2019 tour in the middle of our tour in the middle of our tour in between our, At our european LA show, right? it was in between our european leg which we did in like march and then we had april off and then we went or maybe i don't know what the months were but then we went on our american tour and like in between the two tours like we had this sit down, right, with like you know the big wigs, our manager at the time, and our A and R at Island Records, mm-hmm. and they sat us down. They're like, "Hey, they call us to a lunch meeting." We're like, "All right, just another normal meeting." Uh, at this time, like our song "Rise" with Jonas Blue was like you know going crazy. Yeah. You, by the way, you performed in the UK at the EMA. We did, went to the EMAs. We did Wembley uh, Stadium. Yes, yeah, Wembley Stadium, Ball. Wembley Arena. Yes, yeah, so there was there was a lot of momentum behind the brand, and then out of nowhere, our A and R and our manager at the time they they sat us down. And they're like, hey, uh, this this big songwriter, producer, J Cash, wants to uh, do G solo project. Which, whether or not J Cash presented the idea, like, you know, him and our manager were like best friends. They probably were like planning this behind the scenes. Kind of like some, some weird shit. But they're like, he really wants to do <laughs> G's solo project. And so we're thinking, what if you guys just kind of go ghost on Jack and Jack? You, you do some solo stuff, like Jonas Brothers vibes, and then you get back together a few years <laughs> from now. I don't know if they ever intended on us getting back together. Or if they wanted, like, you know, just to to have Jay Cash and G, like, dive in on this solo thing and, you know, make him the pop star sensation. I don't know. I couldn't <laughs> tell what the vibe was. But we're, we trusted this dude with, like, our lives at the time. Like, you know, 
he had done some dope plays for us. Some some fucked up shit. Also an incredibly smart guy with a big track record. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we trusted him. We were 22 years old and we were like, you know, uh, shit, if this is what you think the right move is, like, we trust you. We, we never thought it was a good idea to put Jack and Jack on a complete pause. We were like, why can't we just release solo stuff in the midst of our Jack and Jack releases? Which, by the way, that, you know, there's like a couple schools of thought. And this is just coming from somebody who has studied pop music yeah. for the last 15 years very heavily. K-pop groups will do their solo thing and then keep the group going yeah. parallel. Yeah. Because they like money. Um, and they also <laughs> churn out music like nobody's business. Incredible music, genuine music mm -hmm. that goes on to shape cultures. Absolutely. So it makes sense because at the end of the day, a rising tide floats all boats. Yeah. I don't necessarily disagree of this quote-unquote Jonas Brothers strategy. It's just incredibly risky and you're playing with fire, right? Because you're tapping into two complete and total fucking unknowns, right? Like, you don't know what you sound like on your own. Right. You don't know what you move like on your own. Nah. You don't know what you... You don't know yourself necessarily on your own outside of, like, musically. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah we, I mean, facts. we were so attached at the hip for so many years. Especially musically. It was like... I like. Even when it later on, when we started to make music on our own, thinking about like going and performing on my own, which thank God I never did, I was like, How, what am I gonna do? Like, how do I do that? Like, he's kind of like, he gets the crowd going, you know? I do my thing, and we both have our own positions on stage, but like, I was definitely nervous to do that, which I'm looking forward to now because we actually have a plan to put out solo stuff as well amidst our like collective you know and like when we're live we want to do it like chapter based things where, I oh, love that he performs some solo songs you know I'm on the keys yada yada Yo, like vice versa and that the, is literally what K-pop does there's a cool yeah. way that we could go about it and so it's actually inspiring us but we felt like it was just very unfair to just completely go ghost and to our fans our, our manager wouldn't, he wouldn't even let us tell our fans you want to know how they found out that like we were splitting up I guess at the time Island, Island was doing this uh, kind of like year like the beginning of the year party for like oh, all their new acts they're displaying them all on like this this screen at this like venue in New York and like that was a, a public thing where people could come to and one of our fans went into this thing and it was showing all their new acts their new signings and it said Jack Galinsky first solo album debuting 2020 <laughs> and without us even yeah, being able I didn't to tell even them know. <laughs> didn't even know it was going to be on there without us even being able to tell them and I think it was kind of a fuck up on Islands in but that was how they figured out and it started just our fans were going crazy on really social sad. media like what the fuck is in it broke my heart because our manager even still was like he's like no no no, don't even mention anything about it just don't say anything and i'm like well we got to clear this up like yeah, these I, are, i'm just so supporters. confused why is the why is the approach to say nothing no I idea know. i wish i could tell you communication is the bedrock to any good relationship whether it's a one-on-one -on -one or with <laughs> a group of people so like i yeah also, these are people who have supported you since fucking Cali, Nebraska. They put up with Before that. Before that, yeah. Motherfuckers. You Dude, made you and, them this. And, like, communication was, like, the thing. Like, we would tweet, like, yes. you know, like, back in 2014. Like, it was it was just an open book between us and the people following us. We didn't even look at them as fans at that point. It was just, like, other people who knew of us. And, uh, yeah, just, like, that definitely was just the switch, you know. It was frustrating in hindsight because me and him would be, like, we were like, all right, let's get our own apartments for the first time. Like while we're doing this solo journey, but we've we always up, we, lived together. We ended up getting our, our apartments in the exact same building as one another, just down the hall, okay. same floor. And so we were with each other. We were with each other every day, but like our, our manager at the time was very, um, very adamant about us not posting together on social media. So like our, our friends, are, they're not even, or our fans are like, they're not even friends anymore. Like what the hell's going that on? That was they, honestly, they don't even post together. They don't. But can I be honest? Like that but we were was still best friends. That was the digital temperature I was receiving mm -hmm. really? because you came on our show during that time. Yeah, and it was. You That's remember right. that? It was yeah. the middle of COVID. Yeah. And that was the energy that was being, that, like, truly, the temperature online was, like, are they in a feud? Do they not like each <laughs> yeah. other? I fucking Which hate we would Which we would be in private. We'd be smoking a joint and just laughing about that shit, you know? It like, was comedy getting, to me because I was like, how do these people, you know, like, but also they're day one fans. Like, yeah. they know us so well. How do they think that, that, that anything would ever come in between gave us? me anxiety, too, not clearing it up, though, and having it just linger. For like, sure. Oh, I could tell. It would stress me out. Yeah. Rightfully so. Because yeah. this is your community, but it's also your livelihood. It's also the most deepest extension of yourself that, like, you put out there for the world. Yeah. Like, God, I, they're what, your friends. At what point do you, are you still with this manager? At what time, at what point do you cut ties with him? Um, no, and it was weird. Like, I don't know about you guys, but for us, like, we just, we just, like, communication fizzled. And we never actually had, like, a legitimate contract with him. We had a contract with uh, the, like, the company he was the working company, for the Yeah, time. that he was working with. Um, and I mean, I cut ties earlier because it was it was very obvious that he was more gung ho on like G's solo. Um, 
and was like making moves for him even though he's like oh i'm gonna help you with all your shit but then like he ended up passing me off to his guy who ended up managing me in the meantime for a while like his his junior like they ended up getting his in a junior, feud. junior. <laughs> they ended up getting in a feud uh, and then like he left him and we ended up uh i ended up just working with he was our tour manager for jack and jack for years he's a man and he was he was like my guy in the meantime like helping me spearhead my solo stuff and uh what, what was your question original question you said i said are you still working with this guy and like at what point did you realize like you have to split ties with him because he's making these decisions for you yeah no yeah so mine fizzled out much earlier um because i could just tell his interest wasn't there and like we literally just stopped speaking. Like but that just, has to hurt, especially because you entered into the relationship assuming and thinking something completely and totally oh, different. like a 50-year oh, career. You don't yeah. understand, dude. Like, when these, like, lawsuits that he kind of got us in were coming back to bite us, and we were, we were having to dig into our investment portfolios to, like, pay off lines of credit that we didn't even approve of opening up. We didn't even know. That we're still yeah. paying off to this day, you know, getting sued by videographers for overhead that we should have paid at the time, but, like... He's like, no, nah, you don't have to pay it. They always try to do this shit. And then we end up getting sued and have to pay extra for a turn. All this shit, like, that he was just draining us of. Um, like, my, my mom would literally, I'd be on the phone with my mom and she would be in tears just about, like, what the hell is going on? Like, uh, everybody was like, dude, it's way too premature for you guys to be, you know, just splitting from each other. And, like, those few years were so, like, it was one of the worst, like, mental states, I would say. I, I was still, like, you know, very inspired and, and creative and, like, you know, using creativity as an outlet and as therapy almost, like, being in the studio and, and making music for myself. But it was, like, you know, there was those waves of depression that I felt, I feel like I never got when, like, everything just felt right. And things just mm -hmm. didn't feel right. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you can speak to, like, what your feelings were in the midst, but I yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. I they mean, had you making, like, records that I've, I mean, you can Yeah, we've talked about this all, like, you know. We actually have a documentary coming out, like, I think we're, <laughs> yeah. I think we're premiering it with MTV. Uh, hopefully it'll be out, I think it'll be out before this, if we're dropping this, like, when the single comes. Yeah. But, um, we, yeah, we, 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 we really into dive into all this. this shit, and it's gonna be a beautiful piece of work about the horrors of the music industry a little bit. And well, so you get signed to Island as a group, mm -hmm. and then on that same deal, they essentially remove Johnson. It's a, it was a, a different separate deal. deal. Yeah. Separate deal. So he got us yeah. out of our original deal, which is crazy. No, that he didn't. He didn't? We, well, technically, I got us out of that. No, no but I didn't. <laughs> I hit up Ziggy, and I was like, yo... Um, are you still like with Island, who was our A and R at the time? And he was like, um, I don't know exactly what he said, and I don't know what he does, so I don't want to like speak on that. But like, he was like, um, I could get you out of your Jackalinski deal, and I was like, fire! Like, you know, I'm not. They weren't gonna let me put out music until January of this year, which I still haven't. But I thought at that time, which was like two years ago, like I can't wait, like a year and a half to put out music. And so he was like, yeah, get out. They're switching all these CEOs around. All these. There's like nobody's at Island anymore that yeah, we it's a totally with. different regime. Yeah, cluster, yeah. and so he got a, me out, and he's like, and then I hit you up my lawyer. Keep your advance, didn't you? I did, yeah, and I didn't, I didn't make him a <laughs> dollar probably, um, but yeah, I'm sure I have to pay it off. It's not like not me, but like the music will just always Let's go. Just, to we'll them. go hush on that. They'll forget about it. Yeah, no, they don't care. It's all, it's all a new team. They don't know what's yeah, good. Yeah, but then yeah. at the same time, when I left Island, they're like, well, does Jack and Jack want to leave Island? I was like, hell yeah, yeah. we want to leave Island. And so then my lawyer Josh. I don't know what he did, but he just, all I had to do was sign something. And then it was like, okay, we're independent, but I'm sure we're, you know, all the music that we made with them, they probably own in perpetuity. And it is weird though. Like we, we like probably like lost money while we were with this manager and with Island, like versus, which is crazy because our songs were streaming, like Rise, for example. Yeah. That song has over a billion streams across all platforms, which, you know, $5,000 a stream. You can do the math. Yeah. Like on the artist side, like I think we were supposed to have 25% of that record. And, it was just Jonas's team pushing that. Island had no involvement. And totally. Like, still to this day, like, you know, haven't seen a cent from it, from yeah. any of our records it's at Island. It's crazy like, you can nothing. have a billion streams what? and yeah, not nothing. see a cent from it. Yeah. yeah. And it meanwhile, like, and meanwhile, this manager was, like, spending our money on, like, pop-up shows, like, that, oh, you're going to get reimbursed for it. And it's like, dude, he was just digging us a hole. But reimbursed by who? Like, the label? Well, this pop-up tour we were doing was supposed to be Samsung. Yeah. Uh, they were they were sponsoring it, and, like, this whole music video we were doing, this five song, for the Gone EP, I think we had a maybe a, <laughs> a interview around that time, but... Um, yes, we probably spent a couple hundred grand on this pop-up tour 150 grand and like he was like Samsung's gonna reimburse You know because they're sponsoring the whole thing and then, and then that was got the that same thing about the uh, the videographer who wanted to sue us for overhead or whatever like what? Samsung yeah, and gave we us loved him uh, Emil Nava. He's he's awesome. a like, man dude. And he had it such sucks. a good relationship with him He did our beg video after the gone video and he was trying to get yeah, you can but Samsung was uh, you know They're like, okay, here's 200,000 for these four videos that compile into like this 20 minute long You know video thing that's sick and it's still out. Thank God. It didn't like get taken down for any reason but um, but uh, we were like, okay cool Like, you know, I guess we had to front the cost on that. No, they did the original I think 200, 200 and then there was, was overhead like for overtime because you know, we, we 
uh, you know, crew having crew there after hours. Yeah. yeah, we were in the middle of Nebraska. Like the crew was suffering through just like a week of just nothing, but like yeah. great video shoots. But I guess like we went over whatever. And, and our manager's like uh, a meal at the end. He's like, "Yo, um, we need about uh, fifty thousand extra dollars for all this overtime charge." The entire crew. It was a big production, and we're like, "Oh, okay, like we can get that to him." We were talking to our manager, like, "Let's get him," and he's like, "He's like, no, 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 no. He he tries to do this all the time. Like it's it would never hold up." And then. So we forget about it. Emil fucking like hates us still to this day. Like even <laughs> Which though it's so sad. He's we, like we loved. We were like brothers. We loved him. Like he was such a great guy, and he he took it out on us. Even though it was like our ma- we were just going off the advice of our manager who we trusted with everything, yeah. you know. And so that bridge burned. We loved him. We'd love to do more videos with him in the future, but it's like it's fully burned bridge at this point. And he uh, two years later, like the lawsuit comes through. Still wants the fifty k whatever. And it ends up holding up in like music court or whatever the fuck. I don't know how what that shit is. And uh, yeah, music so court. so two years later we have to like you know dig into our pockets and end up paying that, which he I guess rightfully deserved the entire time, and we were prepared to pay it off, but we didn't because of the advice of our manager. Yeah, know? and so, then you end up paying instead of fifty, you end up paying right eighty five, a hundred, yeah, seventy yeah. with lawyer fees. Yes, and paying a burn, for his lawyer fees and a burn bridge, a burn bridge that we love, priceless. a creative that we love. Yeah, we love him. We love his. Yeah, fifty grand in the scheme of things for somebody who's j- actually helping you generate whatever. That's crazy. And it, it just felt like we were. Like we never had direct relationships with like whether it was so our. I need to drink this. Man. Yeah, try. Like you're try. stressing yeah. me out. Yeah, there you go. But it's whether crappy. it was like our agency, whether it was like you know the label, mm. like we never had like a direct line of communication. Me and G with him, it was always like you know he was the gatekeeper to all these conversations. Of course, and there's probably a lot of conversations going on behind the scenes that like now we love talking to everybody. We love like you know when we're on the call with our new, we love these girls so much. They're awesome, and we feel like we're in the loop on everything, you know, because we are on the calls with them. It's not like they're just having these side calls. They will from time to time, but it's already a relationship that we established with them and it's uh it's it, i think those years of us like kind of doing solo shit at least for me personally it made me realize like i had to be very hands-on and i had to really take the reins and like everything it felt like i was managing my career fully you know with the help of our tour manager at the time john oh he had never like traditionally managed an artist so it felt like i was setting up shit i was it, it's good now because I think everything happens for a reason and I learned so much. We learned what we don't like. We learned what situations not to get ourselves into. So, like, you, you know what they say, the butterfly effect is real. Everything happens and leads to something for a specific reason and, and that's the plan of your life. You oh, know? yeah. And so... No, I'm, I love my life. So I'm, I'm glad like, we are cool. in this position and I think we, we're prepared to, you know, have the best chapter of Jack and Jack yet. You know, so, come back stronger than ever. You keep creating even while you're on this... Uh, I, I to call it a hiatus, yeah. force hiatus, force, force separation, whatever it is. You keep creating, but when do you officially go back into the studio with the clear mindset of coming back together and making music for the both of you as a duo? It's a good question. Cause well, like the first single that we we're releasing, like was created without any intention of like us putting it out. Like it was just like, oh, let's make a vibe, and that was like over a year ago. At this it was point. over a year ago. Like it was. Yeah. You weren't even on it at the time. No, I wasn't. It was like me and my buddy Mikey, he's a dope guitar player. We wrote the hook to this song. I kind of presented him with this idea of this girl who ran away from home, you know, uh, just from experience that I've seen in LA, like people, like, you know, people going on the deep end, whether it's girls or guys, this one we wrote from a girl's perspective, you know, just cause, uh, I was watching Euphoria at the time. It felt a lot more impactful. Um, and you know, we have a predominantly female fan base when it comes to music and a lot of people go through shit where they, you know, have a have a change of scenery because people don't give a fuck about them. We mm. can actually get into the whole, I guess, details of the song, but that record was just like our buddy Mikey singing on the hook and I had like a little scratch verse. And at the time we we were like we didn't even think about it because he was still on his island contract and, you know, I was still releasing like my solo and so we didn't even think about it coming to fruition as a J and J song at the time. Like I was yeah. producing his uh Yeah, which, like the songs that I want to put out, he produced well, he fully produced one, and then he started to produce the other one, and that I ended up taking to like my buddy Jesse. But we were still collaborating. Like, yeah, we were we were making music together, and I was fully planning on putting that music out with Island. And Johnson was like the sole producer on one of these songs. And this is your solo music. Yeah, okay. which which I can't wait to put out too. And it's been it's been year and one, a half. Well, one of them is going to be two years in October, which is crazy. Like I've been sitting on this song. Savage. I still love it. Yeah, but. But uh, and we have plans to like do that, and like I can't wait to you know have both projects exist because I feel like we always reference like Ray Schremert or we would reference the Migos, which obviously were very different from both of those acts. But in the sense of like they put out, (laughs) yeah, they put out like their their individual stuff and the you know BTS or whoever you were referencing, like it all fuels the group. Just it's yeah, and then like it makes the show better, and that's like always been the goal. And I know we voiced that to our OG manager, and like I think it was just. 
it was just I don't know. Also for me when I when we went on that little solo endeavor, like I didn't really have a voice because of my own self. It was it was my fault because like I didn't really know what I wanted for myself. Like mm-hmm. now if like a manager sat us down and was like, We wanna do the these projects individually, like we would know like no, like we're doing this together and, and we'll put out solo stuff in the midst of it. But like we're not gonna just like go quiet and then not post because someone's telling us not to post. Like, was the last plan kind of sprung on you or definitely was sprung for like it was just like a meeting coming out of nowhere. It was like, okay, cool. Surprise lunch meeting and they're like, This is what we should do. Yeah. Like you guys can make your own decision, but like it wasn't. It was, it was almost like we couldn't because yeah, they were so adamant about it. And they would, we could have, but like we weren't going to because we were fucking yeah. young kids and we're like, okay, you, if you guys think this is the best option, like. And you also ran industry. the risk of losing the support of like a, a glossy label, company, yeah. a totally. fancy label, like a great manager. Parts. Yeah, trust me. Yeah, but I just that was definitely in with my solo stuff. Like I do not like the music, which makes me sad to say because I think there are people out there who follow us who like might really enjoy it. I see like there's you know thousands of people listening to it still every day even though i genuinely do not like the music that i made when i was with island um on my solo thing but that was my fault because i didn't really speak up like i wasn't really like putting my two cents into anything that i was doing and i wasn't you felt like a puppet kind of yeah well but it wasn't yeah like it wasn't like no one was like controlling me i was just like going with whatever they were saying because i didn't didn't know know what i wanted yeah Yeah, yeah, I, i didn't have a musical identity and like i didn't really like know myself outside of music either i was in just like a in-between place where you just you know when you were promoting my love were you faking that like no i wasn't faking it because i was excited to like actually release music mm-hmm. period the dante feature and like, the don Tolliver feature like his verse is so hard the beat is so hard jr is so hard the producer j cash is the dopest man like i love writing music with him but like i just it i wasn't giving me in those sessions and so it didn't translate to mm-hmm. me in the song and someone would murder that song and it would be an amazing song i'm not trashing the song it's just me on the song at that point in my life i just wasn't so it wasn't fake like on your guys's interviews and stuff like when we did that mm-hmm. or on anything that i did on any sort of podcast or interview it was just like it was just like me like listening to everybody like okay like obviously when you put out a song you have to promote it obviously when you do anything in the public eye you have to like you know champion it and like go make sure as many people hear it as possible but then when it came to like the tiktok stuff because that was brand new <laughs> and like you know the label was like you got to do this dance and i'm like well, i'm not like a dancer like i'm not a tiktoker it's funny because our boys were being like some of our bo- like we were like being honest with g we're like dude yeah tiktok dances like don't go down that route okay? no and i appreciated it so much but it also like made me feel like shit at the time because i was like how am i supposed to, like i can't say no to my boys and i can't say no to my label but like how do i be me and do this and nowadays it's like if you're gonna promote you know like we're gonna promote our song on tiktok for sure but i'm not gonna be like you know doing that bullshit <laughs> he was almost part of the hype house at one point let me tell you they almost <laughs> inducted me man it was a sad dark time i would have been the oldest member <laughs> i would assume you'd be recruited very heavily um no it wasn't like that it was just like we pulled up there a couple times and like yeah for sure all the kids were like not kids i mean i don't want to like condescendingly little, speak or, yeah. on them yeah like they're awesome they're awesome that's like how we came from vine they came from tiktok and that's their thing but like yeah they would ask me to be in these like you know really cringy thirst trappy videos oh you should have seen and at the time i was like <laughs> well shit like i got nothing going i hate my music i want to make money and these kids are gaining a million followers a day so fuck it let's do it even in your old age you've been able to my old age i was 23 <laughs> at the time and you you should have seen this yeah, one bad. i think it was like him, little huddy like winking at the camera are they all shirtless in gray sweatpants i think we may have had well, no, no, we had wife beaters on. Okay, yeah. gray no, sweatpants. Those kids though? are so maybe we no. could have had gray sweatpants. You on. would. No, they're all such nice kids. Honestly, they're they're, great kids. So they're such nice kids, and like it's <laughs> no, cool. Like honey. when you're 19 or 18, like you can do that shit. And even I know they're getting older. They're like 20, 21 or whatever. Like do your thing. That's where you came from. Remain true to who you are, Facts. and grow as you grow. Like it's just that's wherever you go. That's where you're meant to be. But like for me diving into TikTok after like progressing into like legit music, you know, selling Backwards. platinum records. It was just like. And TikTok is great, but the way I was doing TikTok was like, you know, the label has no idea and they're just like, all big artists know this and we weren't even that massive, but like, it was just like, the label is just like, you have to do this. You you need to do this dance. Like, look, this girl did it and she has this many followers. And so <laughs> if you duet her and do this, it's gonna, it, you're gonna sell a million records. And I'm like, well, fuck, like, are they right? Like, is this true? I mean, the like, sad part is, like, how well those cringy videos actually were growing you at the time. <laughs> like, I hated it, It's though. like shit. I mean, you know, 
What no, no, but but not like the the cringy ones, like with Lil Huddy and Noah Beck. Of course, like you're gonna get a shit ton of followers from like a bunch of young yeah. people on TikTok or whatever. But but the ones I did on my own that I had to do in quarantine before even a lot of those kids. Yeah, popped. you were doing like music covers. They were. Doing oh, well, those are amazing. Yeah, those are. I'll still do those. But it was just like I remember like being paired with like this really talented choreographer named Calvin, and he was he's the man. We still talk and stuff, and he does a lot of stuff with Camila, and he's an absolute legend, like a talent, right? But for me, like copying his dance moves, I don't look right doing those things. <laughs> and he's like, trust me, like this is the thing. But he's being paid by the label and like I don't know how much. But, you know, so I just I didn't have a voice is my point. And so yeah. I don't want to put the blame on like this manager or this label or this choreographer or this creative director when in reality it was me that like didn't know what was going on. Like I couldn't really tell you who I was then. So it wasn't their fault. But you end up learning these things about yourself because that's how we're here, right? Exactly. What do yeah. you learn? What do you uncover by being forced to be in positions that you end up losing yourself? Well, you learn who you're not, which is good. Yeah. You know, like sometimes you don't know who you are, but at least you can maybe figure out who you aren't. And so for me, that was a big thing. It's like I, I learned I don't like doing this and this and this. And I don't like listening. Not like I don't like listening to someone else. I love like bouncing ideas off of, you know, Johnson or even our managers now. But like. I don't want to be told that I have to do this one thing and this is the only way. Um, like, not that I don't want to work hard, but like, I think there's a way to do it where you truly enjoy it. And I don't know. I feel like I learned a lot it's about apparent, who I was. It's apparent, like, in your promotion, your content, and everything, too, if it's genuinely what you want to do. You yeah. know? I think people kind of see through the facade if you're like half ass promoting something that you're not actually all in on, you know? And Facts. I, I felt like you got that vibe. Like, you know. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I. Like, I, yeah, posted once about, you know, like on my Instagram. You got Instagram. a fucking Don Toliver feature. And you I love Don Toliver. And, and that's the thing. I mentioned Don Toliver once in a meeting, like with my label and my manager. And like, it was cool that they have the connections to make this happen. I was like, yeah, I love Don Toliver. And they're like, oh, he's going on the first single. I'm like, well, how much is this? Like, yeah. like I'm paying for this technically, right? Like, I know you gave me an advance, but I'm going to recoup everything. So like... I don't necessarily want to put Don Tolliver on my first single when, like, I don't even know if I can stream five million times, mm. which, like, you know, that wouldn't even begin to cover the cost of a Don Tolliver feature. And then on top of it, paying him to be in a video. And then on top of that, the video is made in quarantine, so it's, like, not exactly <laughs> what we want it to be. It was just tough, Nothing's man. ideal. And I was just saying yes to everything because I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, shit, these people know what they're doing. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. But then they followed it up with an Ian Dior feature, right? Yeah. And that's I, not cheap either. Not cheap at all. They spent a ton of money. <laughs> they definitely lost like half a million dollars on me. But it's like, cool. You know, you're, you're Universal Music Group. You can afford half a million dollars. But yeah. it's like, damn, like, there's no point in wasting money. I don't like wasting money anyway. So. That's the thing with paid features, too. It's like, do you feel like you formed a genuine No, and that was tough. With Anytime I saw... Like, Don Tolliver, like, we talked, like, once, and he was super dope, but, like, you know, high shit rapper vibes, you know, just, like, yeah, yeah we won't do this. you were probably high shit, too, like, let's be honest, back in that day. Yeah, yeah, I was definitely stoned as well. I was like, yeah, like, this is dope. But then the Ian Dior feature, like, because we weren't in quarantine necessarily, maybe we should have been, but we, I wasn't, uh, and I was out here in L.A., this was when I like moved back from Nebraska and I would see Ian because we were all hanging out in, in the same kind of crew at the time. And it was a weird vibe because the way we met was like, here's 50 grand, get on this song. I didn't do that, but my, you know, like yeah. my team did that. And, um, I would see him out and we'd be like drinking and stuff. But anytime I tried to have like a genuine connection with him, I think he thought, well, I don't know, but like, you know, I would have felt if I were him that like, I'm just like trying to like forge this like business relationship or like think about when you know, we got paid to do that feature back in the day yeah i was like kid. Oh, you know i, I like i it, don't know it, i didn't want anything to do with that kid of course it kind of puts yeah. like a weird especially because the song sucked it's not like a gen <laughs> it's not like a genuine cosign when you're just shelling out racks for a feature which no. like now if we're into a feature it's going to be somebody who like yeah. fucks with us we fuck with them yeah. like through and through you know like if the, if we were to pay someone to be on a song it'd be an added bonus for them but they would ideally just love the song and be like yeah for sure and it would happen naturally it wouldn't be like oh who should we get on this song it'd be like like, oh, we're playing in the studio. They happen to be there. So, like, oh, like I want to hop on that. You know? Yeah. You're yeah. a friend because honestly, you could have cultivated a relationship with Ian and brought that about organically. Maybe. I Prior could have gotten it for free, for sure. If they gave me an extra two months, for sure. Not, yeah. Maybe not for free because he's so popular. Or it was. No, but, I, but it would have been born out of something natural and organic and built around friendship and not like, it, like things that are transactional like that are hard. And I think LA is an incredibly transactional city to begin with. Facts. So. If you have the opportunity to wipe away transaction and lead with friendship, 
God, the product would be sick. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we could have collaborated on the writing on that song. That's, I love his verse. It they'll be sick, more incentivized but... to promote it and everything. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, this is like something I really... It's ours. I'm invested in it, you know? Yeah, it's ours. Not just like, okay, it's his and I got paid. Yeah. It's literally and ours. He's yeah. one of my favorite people, by the way. And he's so kid. fucking talented. Yeah. Super, super chill kid. Like, Great honestly. guy. Yeah, but I never really got to know him like that because... We had this like transaction. Yeah, you paid for the you paid for the time. I, hate, I I hated that it had to be that way because we were all hanging out with like a good group of people, but like it was always not awkward, but like there was this tension of like, I don't know, like I'm not talking to you because yeah. like I don't feel like you want to talk to me. Yeah, those those paid features with like a, without a genuine connection, I feel like they never truly benefit the artist in the long run. Like for no. the most part, unless Sometimes, you're like both massive artists, exactly. like Amigos gets on a Diplo song. But you think like, okay, who does what? What tracks does Drake feature on? It's like, oh, he actually fucks with mm -hmm. their record, co-signs them, right. heard it through a friend of a friend or whatever, and he's like, I want to hop on this. He probably Drake probably doesn't even care about getting paid for a feature. Well, it's he like, probably he, I mean because he knows that okay, let's say Future signed to a massive label, he's like, hey, Future, let me get a quarter mil from your label. Oh, like, why not? I, I doubt him and Future are doing any sort of like. <laughs> it's all money, dude. They have to be. I no, mean, you never they're, they're homies. You, you got I. No, no, it's true. Yeah, 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 you never know. But yeah, I'm like okay when he does like oh a Black Boy JB record like it's cracking in Memphis back then and it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like oh he probably just heard that. And true. He's like, Yo, okay, I'm gonna so, hop on your record. Yeah, he's not gonna charge. He's not gonna charge this smiley. Yeah, smiley. Yeah. Facts. And I think it's like. A very good way to stay relevant and to make the record bigger than it would be if like oh it was just something that somebody shelled out money for you so feel me? how many records today do you guys have done that are the both of you are Jack and Jack yeah uh we're aiming to have like four right four, now. four probably four that yeah. are like ready play, to go. playable Definitely ready to go yeah. only one mixed which is the single coming out yeah, um, one mix and mastered but which is yeah. about a runaway which runaway. is runaway yeah which is so good. and and we uh we want to put out probably like a six song project before the end of the year you know uh, a short EP yeah or a, a long EP, should I say? Yeah, a a short LP, whatever you want to call it. What do you know? What story you're trying to tell? What goals you've set? Expectations well, you have? We've had these ideas because, well, the expectation is just quality music for us. Like that is the standard that we want to hold ourselves to. We don't want to put out something because it's like it's the perfect time to release a song. Like no, like we're gonna make sure we love the song. But I think that we've ha we've thrown around these ideas about like you know we make different music based off of obviously how we're feeling, but. But how we're feeling depends a lot on the season of the year. Mm. And I feel like, you know, like this first song, it it deserves to be put out in the summer season because it feels summer. We would drink to it. We put it on all the time when we're out by the pool. We're huge reggae fans, too. Huge reggae fans. <laughs> like, like, we grew up on, like, that's literally every concert we would go to in high school yeah. was, was a reggae show. Getting stoned, eating brownies, and going to the reggae Yeah, a little concert. slightly like, stupid vibe. Well, Re pepper, Revolution Pepper. pepper. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Saw them a few times. Yeah, no, and we were... Like, we were all in on that type of music in high school. It was like that in hip-hop. But it was predominantly, I would say it was predominantly reggae for it like was. a good stretch of time. And that's something... We were just obsessed. On our, you still know, are. On our revamp, we've talked about this. Like, we definitely want to pay homage to, like, what we made love. us so interested in music in the first place. And that was reggae for us. Like, the real information, real drums, like, trumpets. You know, not necessarily always 808s and, like, hi-hat snares and stuff like that. Like, But if you listen to Runaway, mm -hmm. like, we kind of hybridize it with, you know, like, we love hip-hop. We love reggae. That first rap verse, the 808s kind of come in for yep. like the one little lone portion. It's kind of like, what was the song that kind of like spurred that? In the oh, industry? it was like Rude, maybe? No, 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 no. It was a uh, oh, billionaire? And it wasn't oh. even reggae. It was just like real with 808. It was, uh, I think it was like an, a ch Charlie Puth and Black Bear, or maybe it was MGK and Black Bear. Oh, you know, like, it, it was mansions, into, mansions. Was it Mansions? No. Wasn't it? But like it went from like, Mike you Posner. know, uh, just guitar shit and then it dropped in. It was almost like the punk mixed with uh, 808s out of nowhere on a certain verse. I forget what the record is. But we were like, damn, like what if we hybridize like our like a genre we love, reggae, but infuse that with like a more modern twist, you know? Mm. And and if you listen, you guys have listened to Runaway? Have you? It, it feels like. You haven't. No, I've not heard it yet. It, it's it, fire. Feel, it feels like I've. Really? I, I feel like I've never heard a record like it, like in terms of the, the sonics of it and how it mm -hmm. flows. And it's like a very mm -hmm. interesting hybrid of sounds that I think. You know, could spearhead this new sound for J and J, but obviously not limiting limiting right. us to that specific sound. So that's like the first thing that comes out, you know, at the end of summer. And then there's another one that kind of is, you know, reminiscent of reggae, but it has it's honestly more it's reggae, more of, a, more of a love song, more it's of a love, really, like, so chill. beautiful. And then like, and then we dive into more of like, oh, like fall comes, and it's like almost like a throwback, like I don't know, almost like a seventy sound, like yeah. And then I like, wrote it on piano, and then yeah, it's so hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then winter comes, and it's more like you know, it's maybe like, the moody R and B, yeah, shit. R and B, because it just feel like that's how I feel when it gets dark and cloudy. Not that it does here, but like we're big fans of dropping like a specific sonic during a specific season because it it feels like that's what people will gravitate to based off whether it be the weather, or whether it be well, you know a holiday. 
to. You know, yeah, it's exactly. not necessarily. Like, and I think what we gravitate to in seasons is probably like the common human experience. I you know, agree. people are feeling those moods mm-hmm. based so, off what's going on. So, what song starts it? Is Runaway the first one? Runaway's first single. But is that the first one you get done that kind of sets the sonic tone or like yeah. makes you like hear clearly what you're looking and trying to do? Yeah, that was the first record that we, I would say, finished in its entirety. And then yeah. shortly after that, we made a few more kind of in the same sonic realm. Well, because we, me and you, well, I, I wrote the, while well, you, well, did Sam write the guitar to right here with you? And then, yeah, yeah, he did. And then you did the drums, and I was writing the hook, and that was like 10 minutes in the studio. We just like, yeah, freestyled that. And then we kind of put that on the back burner, and then we brought it to the studio like six months later, and then that song was done. That song was done. And then you had September's Gone like maybe like seven or eight months ago. Yeah. And I, I that, hit you up I on I wrote that last DMs. September damn near, you know? I was or like, last bro, October, this is so hard. Like, could I sing this hook? And you were like, Fuck it, yeah, why not? That one's a winner right there. And then we finally, Ooh. we almost made it twice in the studio, and then we, we didn't, and then we finally made it this one time with these other producers, and then it was, like, perfect, and it's just funny how things happen. And the big thing that, like, you know, I just want people to know is um, there was a point, like, you know, when we were at the label where we were, like, probably, like, five or six of the records on our on our last project, A Good Friend Is Nice, were just demos that the label threw to us, and they're like, hop mm-hmm. on this. And, like, also a majority, like, a lot of them, too, we had a hand in creating, which I, I was glad some of those made the cut, but yeah. a lot of them were things that we had no connection to, had no involvement in the process of, and that kind of started sucking the fun out of making music. So I'm, I'm very glad that everything that has transpired and happened did happen, or else we might have been stuck in that situation mm-hmm. as Jack and Jack with this, you know, major kind of, like, feeling like puppets in the industry, like, just fit in where you get in, Johnson, hop on this pre-hook, that's the part you're going to sing. That's not... That's not how it started, and it started becoming this thing that felt more like a job, and felt more like a, you know, something like a task we had to do as opposed to just having fun and like yeah, actually like letting that transparency music. shine through, that authenticity shine through. And so with this new wave of music, um, you know, I've been involved in all the production. We've written everything, me and G, like solely me and G. Yeah. Um, and it's it has a lot more use of like real instrumentation, uh, which I'm a big fan of. I think that's kind of coming back with like you know the Harry Styles of the world and yeah. Um. I'm just a big fan of like music that is timeless and not just constricted to one era based off of one sound or you know it's what story are you telling like yes the sonics you're achieving are new and different but like as somebody who's writing the song and you were even going like starting to talk about runaway runaway there's definitely deeper meaning there than just some chick running away and you being inspired by watching euphoria yeah (laughs) I Uh, I think I I think well when me and my buddy Mikey wrote the hook like he was just strumming the guitar and and I brought him this idea um it was kind of around a period where we we had just lost actually like one of our our, our best friends um, from you know a, a drug OD, and it seemed like every other week in LA there was like a young kid like dying from some shit and, and getting involved in some shit, and it, it's kind of like a I guess more of like a broader overlying message about how people can just get caught up on the deep end and it can end up really fucking with their lives and. You know, in some cases, it can end up taking their lives. And it's such a problem, I think, right now. I mean, you look at the amount of uh, fentanyl overdoses versus, like, car crashes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the leading killer of youth oh, in America. Yeah. And people really get caught up uh, when they have no direction. Like, and not saying everybody who gets caught up doesn't have direction, but it could no, be one, it could be one instance of, like, you know, just having a bad batch of something that right. you thought wasn't a bad batch of something. And you can come from a great family. You can have a great friend group around you, and then you just have this one slip up right but then wow. amongst that and then like w- like watching season two of euphoria like the, the emmy noms just came out yesterday right and they got a bunch of noms deservingly so because that touched on like the real serious nature and, and it was a, a harsh representation i think of of what the youth in america are going through in this aspect and just watching rue's story and the ways Zendaya pulled it off was like it, it all just kind of was culminating at once and i'm like damn like uh, I kind of like wrote it with uh, you know a, a ruse and Dea in mind, somebody running away from home, getting caught up off the deep end. Even though at, at their core they're a great human, um, and the music video we're shooting tomorrow is really going to reflect that. You know, it's not just going to be a simple ass performance music video. It's we casted some actress friends of ours, and it's going to like follow the story. You know, um, and it's 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 really an epidemic. You know, going on oh, in the world, bro. not just America right now, but it's fucked up. By the way, yes, fentanyl, opiates, benzos, eat. The system is crafted in this way, and it's not something that just affects young people. It quite frankly affects people primarily under the age of 55, 45. It is taking lives in waves that we've never actually seen. More Narcan is used on a daily basis than any other fucking drug on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. 
But again, society and the system has set it up this way. Pharmaceutical infrastructure has set it up this way. The government has set it up this way. Mm -hmm. It's grossly fucked up. Yeah. Cannabis is not legal everywhere. No, that's insane. Still to this day. But these fucking... Drugs are mm. everywhere. And by the way, being handed out by pharmacists and doctors yeah. in every nook and cranny of this country. Big Pharma is like by far the biggest drug dealer in the world and is killing the most people in the world without uh, without even knowing it. You know, obviously. Oh, no, no, no. They know. They know it. Oh, I, they know. And they the, profit the off of it instead of the government. There's no way to regulate where these pills end up, you know? Um, well, yeah, someone might be prescribed, but it's like, okay, even half of these prescriptions are like a fucking fake doctor's note where it's like. There's no way to truly verify the authenticity of this shit. And it's like these these pills and these opiates and these benzos, they're literally running wild yes. in society. And, and, and the truth is, like, everybody's story is different on how you get into it. Mm -hmm. What like, what path is being laid in front of you that gets you to these harder drugs? But the God's honest truth is, like, not having access to cannabis is... If more people had access to cannabis to curb, to, to, to weed their, wean themselves off of painkillers... We would be seeing a lot less of what we're seeing every day. 100%. Yeah. What's up? How are you guys kind of switching topics completely? <laughs> um, how are you guys structuring these songs? Like, are you not forcing, but are you putting rap verses in every one? Or is it kind of just play out depending on the song? Nah. No, like even September. Well, I guess September's done. It's not really a rap verse, though. It's like a melodic kind of breakdown. So it's uh, So essentially what we try to do is create the record on whether it's just like piano or guitar and start it fully acoustic because mm -hmm. I think I mean we've always been like very um, very adamant about this thought process when it comes to music if a song if a song holds up bare bones once you produce it out it can only add to the mm -hmm. you know to the hit or to the you know the, the elegance of the song and so if we find something that we think uh, sounds good on just guitar just piano this one called September's Gone like was just like a pure piano ballad um, and then we, we uh, will produce it out and you know whether we work with the producer or I produce it out like we we take it from the point where it already feels like uh, it's got a big song and like it might just be a hook at that time and we'll figure out what we're going to do with the verses. Um, but it's not like I'm not so uh, adamant or like, you know, I keep saying the word adamant. That's my word of the day. <laughs> I'm not so like, uh, adamant. yeah, I'm not so adamant <laughs> that I have to have a rap verse on a song because like G said, you know, we're, we're going to be dropping solo music in the midst of all this stuff. Like when, when like when it fits in, you feel me yeah. in terms of the Jack and Jack timeline. And so part of me is like, you know, a lot of what I can showcase rap wise, like I don't mind saving that for my uh, my solo shit. But at the same time, like there's certain records where like even Runaway, it's like, you know, there's a pretty like quick kind of like syllabical rap verse, like kind of going into this girl's story more in detail in, in the first verse, which I think fits the song really well. It's a good little switch up. So but only if it fits the record, it's not like we would ever force anything. Only something that feels natural and something that, uh, yeah. I think we always kind of had the dynamic where it's like, oh, Johnson needs to have a rap verse back in the day. Um, but I love singing oh. too. I love writing music. I mean, honestly, like, the, the formulating a record, that whole process of, like, you know, starting with an instrument, even writing, like, a hook, like, that's my favorite part. It's, like, the music-making process. And if a rap verse fits in, like, that's where I'll just throw on my headphones and, like, you know, zone out and go by myself. But... I love the creative energy of like being with somebody in the room and like you know coming up with some chords and coming up with melodics. Like I love writing melodic stuff too. And so um, I don't think it's like definitely a, a make or break. If we have a rap verse on there. It's not something that's necessary on every Jack and Jack record. Yeah. And people will see that. You know. Was there any thought when deciding that you guys are going to come back together to come back as indoor recess? <laughs> Do you like you can pull out the deep God, cut? Hey, that, hey, some real day ones are gonna they're gonna appreciate that. That's one of our best cut. songs. If it was like made right the right if, way. If we made if we like remade it today, but it's because we completely stole from Majid Jordan, I think. You know what's funny though is, is <laughs> but they're just so great. So. We what was it? Chill Pad Deluxe by Majid Jordan. Yeah, CPD. We sampled that beat, and it was the first song. I think we just dropped it on SoundCloud and like as a YouTube audio, because um, it was a sample. We couldn't actually put it out on. And DSPs. we wanted to go by Indoor Recess, but then like fans were like, they got like Followers at the time were like. Wait, I'm confused. Is, is the, the song name called Indoor, Indoor Recess? Or like, why wouldn't you go by Jack and Jack? And we got self-conscious, so we just switched. <laughs> we changed the name. Jack Jack. We made the name of the song Indoor <laughs> Recess. We're like, all right, it's not sticking. We should probably just because we thought Jack. Jack and Jack was so cheesy. Because we we're like, bro, we have like a million followers on Vine. Like we're losers. Our like, music thing should be something different, you know? Yeah, we thought you know people wouldn't take us seriously, but which, nobody understood yeah. it. Nobody understood and that like, Indoor, recess Indoor Recess was us trying to like make that the group name. Thank God. I love it. It's, you know, it's cool. I it's, mean, you grow out of it, but yeah. everybody knows that like, but, but also Indoor Recess 
kind of means it's raining outside. Mm-hmm. Means it may be too hot on the blacktop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you remember indoor recess? Oh yeah. Like, oh, you had to or there's something. like a gun, like somebody with a gun running somewhere. Yeah. Or like you know, there's I've come up with all the different reasons over the years as to why yeah. there was indoor recess and you weren't right. allowed to go outside. All depressing and sad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're like maybe you know we can just call the record that because it's kind of too overbearing of a message for the entire group. But even then, <laughs> like I, I was a fan of indoor recess. You know those little there was like the hexagon blocks and the triangle blocks of the different colors. Mm. There was, I mean, yeah. damn, bro. There was some good indoor games. A lot to games. do in indoor recess. It was a disappointing when you when you got the no, like news broken to you, but then after like five minutes of indoor recess, you're like, wait, I'm having fun. Sec, you're yeah. fucking, you're yeah. fucking knee deep in the sandbox, <laughs> going crazy. You you're know? in the gymnasium. <laughs> yeah, you're throwing stuff around. Yeah. I get it. Would you guys go back and re-record any of your old stuff? Probably not. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I it's mean, just uh, too fun to like write new music. Unless but. it's like a mashup, like you cover for YouTube. It's like, to me. All that shit existed, and I love some of our old records, but I just, I know, after, like, us even, like, making music separately for a while, and coming back and seeing, like, how our dynamic is in the studio, which I think is, like, better than it's ever been, because towards the end of our, our label tenure, it's like, we, there wasn't even, like, a dynamic to be had. It's like, okay, some guy behind the desk telling us, you know, get this right <laughs> take. But now it's like, our synergy in the studio is crazy. Um, we feel, like, kind of liberated once again in terms of the music-making process. Yeah, and, like, we vocal produce each other, which is, like, yeah. like so much more I'll fun like, than having, like, some random guy be like i did this with i don't even know celine dion like you, you must sing it this way I'm like, it's good Fuck be, you, yeah dude. it is good because i i know his voice better than any vocal producer ever would like i know what he can do and so like even there's times where like oh like uh, i feel like i'll push you to like try something yeah that you might otherwise not try right um and i don't know it's great because even when i do like a a take in the studio like he'll do the same shit he'll be like oh try and do a softer tone on here because it'll fit this section better and it's great because like we know each other's vo- voices and what we bring to the table better than anybody. And you're becoming stronger artists by doing this. Big time. I, I would I would for sure concur with that. That's statement. awesome. <laughs> Is it an honor in Nebraska to partner with Omaha Steaks? Oh my God! Yeah. You know what? Are you bringing this up for a reason? I mean, you did a you did a whole campaign <laughs> with Omaha Steaks. <laughs> very, we did like a six second. It wasn't campaign. a whole campaign. Was, I mean, you know, it was a what big do you deal. Think then. of Omaha, you instantly think <laughs> Omaha, Omaha Steaks. It's true. Anytime we tell somebody we're from Omaha, they're like, "Oh, love your steaks." It's like it's not us, dude. We but know it's funny. Is it. my dad is his best one of his best friends, like one of his like five core buddies. He owns Omaha Steaks, and so Todd, he's Todd Simon. He's the man. He's always been. He's a Jew from our, you know, like neighborhood. And I grew up, you know, you are a Jew as well. I'm a, yeah. I'm a Jew as well. Grew so up he Jewish. can say that stuff, you know. Like. Yeah, he's a Jew, <laughs> and uh, and he's just he's the coolest dude. And so when we started to have, you know, I think maybe we had like what thirty thousand followers at the time. He's like, yeah. you boys want eight hundred dollars? We were like, sure. He's like, and two box seats at the uh, Husker games. We're like, yeah, fuck yeah. He's like. Make a six second vine about Omaha steaks. Like I don't know. What, what was the song? It was like a Stevie Wonder song, and we were like falling You're in like love <laughs> with a box of holding like, the steak. <laughs> you know, it's like it pans from you spinning, and then it's like the box spinning, and it's like. And we got free steak out of it, like the best steak in the world. Oh yeah, so, fire! You know, very we, first brand. That was deal an honor ever, though. Yeah, and it was dope. Yeah, I mean. Great steaks. Go get some Omaha steaks. Yeah, Omaha steaks. You know, so good. Trying to you know let those taste buds come alive. Yeah, it's funny. Everyone knows Omaha. P- people probably know more. People probably know what Omaha steaks is than Omaha. Than Omaha. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, you're not lying. Honestly, your your friend must be. I mean, he's king of steaks. He's king. He's king. he's also king oh, cow killer. He, yeah, he is. I know. Right. But he hates. Uh, he hate. I I like my steak. Uh, like medium well. Ooh. And he's like. You're ruining it. Like, really? Yeah, he, he won't cook my cooked. steak. Like if we're all at like a dinner, he'll be like, "You have to come cook your steak because I won't, I won't kill the cow twice." What? <laughs> yeah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. By the way, your Jewish foundation and religion, yeah, comes through. You appreciate your, it. Your parents made you give back really early on, right? Yeah, yeah. I have like a fund or something that like get back what to like the temple or something i don't know no, <laughs> no i think the jewish just... federation of omaha yeah it, it, you started it in 2010 um there's like a name for it i don't want to yeah, i don't want to butcher it i, forget, well, what I think you... it's benay Tizek or something um what is that word i don't even know tzedakah. about this bro. yes not... tzedakah it's, yeah. it's service it's charity yeah exactly so i don't know like i gave out five or ten grand or something like that and then it's grown and then like i haven't decided where to go yet with it and so my dad asked me like maybe a year ago he's like what do you want to do with this just like 12 grand sitting in here like who do you, who do we send it to and i'm like well like i could use that no <laughs> nah, but he's like i made a joke about that he's like nah fuck you and then he he's like you should do it to like one of these like you know children's hospital yeah. or something like that and then i'm like okay cool so, but i haven't decided it grows so i'm not like i don't feel the pressure to do it yet because yeah. it gets bigger did you do somewhere. this with your bat mitzvah 
Um, bar mitzvah. I did, sorry. But the, yeah, his guy. bar mitzvah. Just sidebar. His bar mitzvah was fucking. It was sick. It was spooky too. It was on Halloween. What? Yeah. It was, it, was, it was in his backyard in a tent. 2006. And this is when the Kanye. You call that a boo mitzvah? Yeah. yeah a boo exactly. mitzvah. It was literally a boo mitzvah. That's a good pun there. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Yeah. It was sweet. It was sweet. Um, the Kanye stutter shades were in. Everybody was wearing the ones with the cool. I had a photo booth like yeah I went early adopter the photo booth it was before like Lucy Bellows or nice guy you know like we had the photo booth at my bar mitzvah Jesus and nobody I just gotta like rep myself real quick nobody could beat me in the limbo contest he was the best granted I was like shorter than every kid but Drew Fitzmorris kind of held his own this is actually our buddy from General Motors from GM he was weirdly flexible even though he was tall and he was always the run he was always giving me a run for my money but I think I pulled that one out he was the running back of our high school he's really, really I would get prepped for that like we have a huge Jewish community in Omaha yeah. and like there was a point in middle school where it was every other weekend there was at least a bar mitzvah yeah. or a bat mitzvah with, for from a kid 2000 to 2000 or from 2007 to 2009 I think there must have been 50 bar bat mitzvahs it was crazy like in our middle school carpool, I was the only like non-Jewish non-Jew. kid in there, <laughs> yeah. and like I felt like a, you know a unicorn. You can great. still do like Yes, he's lost his touch. I haven't had him over or, Shabbat in a long time. Oh, yeah. So he used to come to temple with me. He would do fucking you know we would do the kiddish and the remember when uh, he does together. this he did this youth group called Jace uh, what was it it was called BBYO <laughs> BBYO the neighborhood and youth organization one day they had bring a non Jew to youth group day it was you yeah and no, it was me and <laughs> it was great I just me and Josh like, only had you yeah <laughs> I felt it like was I so had fun. to start reading the Torah you know at a certain point but it was yeah it was cool to be a Jew see my mom wasn't a Jew but now she is but she was born Catholic Irish Catholic in New York and then my dad was just Jewish from Nebraska. And but like not like super Jewish, but just like Jewish, you know. Not like Orthodox. And vibes. then like we were just kind of Jewish. Like it wasn't like I wasn't like literally a, Jewish. Like, <laughs> you know, like sometimes we would do like Shabbat, <laughs> which if you don't know what Shabbat is, you pretty much just like have a really good bread that like your mom makes or your dad can make it. But in the like, hollow was fire. Hollow is so good. Oh, and then like the and then so we good. did like you know bar and bat mitzvahs, which were pretty much just a party. After two hours of reading the Torah, you're like. You, you know, you go do your thing, you watch football, and then you have a party that night. And it's like, I don't know, that was the most Jewish thing I ever did. And then I kind of, I don't know if I feel bad about it because it's just like my, you know, I, my heart's not calling to be like a Jew, you know, in my adult life. I'm not like going to temple or doing, you know, observing the high holidays or whatever. But you've done your charity. You've, you've laid charity. your foundation. For sure. But, you know, um, I, I think... You know, I'm less Jewish than I was, so I'm even less. I'm like Practic- Jewish. Practicing Jew versus like you know you identify as it, but you don't. Yeah. You're not like really practicing as much. Yeah, yeah. No, like you know, Bob Marley said it. Love is my religion. You know, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's what it is, man. Bars. I'm not like I don't really like I don't really believe in much, man. But I just. He had his first kiss at a uh, bar mitzvah. Yeah, John Gallagher's bar mitzvah. I had, was to, co- cute to, like, I had to coach him through it. It was all. It always be. Burned. It was scary. I, re- I remember that side room and everything. Yeah, he made me like kiss her cheek first, and I was like. Like, now just move a few inches to the right. I'm like you're done. Dude. And then like your case like ran away. <laughs> With you by Chris Brown was playing. Oh my god. <laughs> a better time. It was yeah, a much better, better time. time. That's one of those throwbacks, you know. Damn. Whatever you like. T. I. Rihanna was going crazy. What Damn. year was this? Was I old? Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight, I think. J- January third, wow. two thousand. Maybe two thousand seven. Yeah. Not, Not old enough to play that song on the radio, but oh, a year later I would have been. I'm Damn. saying. That's sad. Yeah. Yeah. And, good times. Easy times. Yeah. Better times. Better times. Wow. But you know it's fine. You know. We're on to better times again. We're they're coming, you know. Or are they here? I think in the midst of like you Uh, know they're not. (laughs) I think in the midst of the clusterfuck that is the world, there's opportunity for you know uh, a great new chapter of humanity. Yes, yes, light exists. However, that comes about, you know. TikTok is cool, you know. Like I just was thinking about like it. Like I think it it gives a voice to the youth, and I think that the youth is the future of like hopefully a good time again. And that's what made me say, like, TikTok is, like, it's cool. You look at the comments in certain, like, political videos, and you're like, the cream is rising to the top, yes. you know? And so I think there's hope. There's know? also a very toxic subculture on TikTok. Too. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, well, we, for sure. You've are, all seen it. <laughs> are you on TikTok, Jack? Like, uh, G? Yeah, yeah, literally Jack G. I want to see. But um, I haven't posted in two years. Trying to get so. him to post again, you know, he'll get there. Yeah, we've been posting on Jack and Jack, and so that's, like, a baby step for me. And then now I'm like, okay. I have like unlimited drafts, so I, I should probably post them. Do you feel sexualized when you post on TikTok? As most, well, of- I think you know sometimes that could be my fault. Like if I'm like, well, I don't know, is that like, am I like gaslighting myself? <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> no, it's not anyone's fault for being sexualized. But if yeah, I mean, at, at a, sometimes I guess like when you're just like, yeah, maybe I don't know. I'm not like too <laughs> sensitive about it, but I know some people are like, I, th- I think I saw like KJ Apa, or is it? 
Yeah, that's his name. The right? Riverdale kid? Yes. He like said something and everyone thought he was joking, but then it was like it was for real. Or maybe I thought he was joking because it's like, <laughs> bro, you're sexy. Like, you know, like, but at the same time, that's so bad for me to say because it's like maybe he hates that shit. Yeah. But um, people deal with it different ways for sure being sexual. Like, you. It, it never like bothered you know, you me. You would never care if someone's like, oh, I love your abs or like, you know, kind yeah, of objectifying no. you in a sense. Yeah, no, it doesn't like hot, I mean, know? it's like, dude, like. I think it comes down to like sensitivity, but at the same time, I get it. Like, you don't have to be a super sensitive person for that to kind of bother you. But like, you know, it's like, what are you sign? What are you signing up for? You know, if you're if you're Brad Pitt, like, can you get mad at someone for like thinking you're the thinking you're hot? Like, you you do that. Like, you're in rom coms. Like, that's you. That's what you portray. Yeah, I mean, like, I think I, you take I, it you take it as like just a compliment, and you don't look to, like much. Yeah, past like that, if you're gonna be in the entertainment industry, even on like a you know the level that we're on you know we're not like all over the place we're not like the biggest ever and so even at a small level you have to be willing to be like you know you're out there but at the same time i feel like it's not right my but subconscious it's gonna, is like it's wait. not always right but it's 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 gonna happen yeah. if you're in this industry and i mean honestly having tough skin is a part of the game and and it's like it, it, i'm sure it affects different people in different ways but i think you just kind of take it on the chin and you're like okay they're just they're, they're gassing me up you know okay. yeah. also if you look like a statue of david like you you're chiseling <laughs> like fucking marble like and you're posting sh shirtless yeah selfies, like, i post them you know exactly i swear we were in greece once uh doing a show and like i saw him in Next like, <laughs> chiseled out in marble form i was like wait that's you dude yeah <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I'm asking for it. You know, I'm posting exactly. a shirtless photo. So it's like, you know, yeah, it's just social media. It comes with the territory. But I get it. If you want to be offended, and then you can, and then you're valid, you know. It's it's, yeah, valid. all okay. emotions are valid. It's so fine. Your you feelings know? are always valid because you're feeling them, and that matters. Exactly. Facts. I don't know. I don't feel down when someone's like, sick body. Like, <laughs> you know? I'm like, okay, well, like, I want to work hard. And sometimes when I look in the mirror, I'm like, this isn't a sick body. You know? Wait, do you so see I what work. they see? Definitely not because I have so many issues. Like, oh. yeah. Well, no, 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 oh, like, no, 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 no. It's just like sometimes you look in the mirror and you're like, bro, this is not. This isn't last November, you know. Like, if you have like a day where you're like, that was good, you know, like something I you're referencing, good. you're like, yeah. but but a mood can change the way you look in the mirror, which is crazy. Like the next morning, you could wake up and be like, oh wow, no, like I look good, I look good. And if you're telling yourself you look good, if like if you're me, like, in, like, because I'm like, you know, I negatively talk to myself more than I should probably at least in the past and so if I'm saying I look good then I'm like oh like I must look kind of good but you know I also know that if I say like in my mind like oh, like I'm, I'm not looking good today like it's probably a little bit you know my worst critic you know it's not like your own worst critic for sure. yeah I get yeah. it I you know there's everybody has a different look but like and everyone wants something different for their own body maybe they don't but like for me like I just I literally want to look like Chris Hemsworth. And so, like, I'm not at all close to what he is. So, like, I got work to do, you know? Yeah, but so what is that? Six foot six and, like, well, yeah, packing dude, on Dude, I can't fucking pounds? be six six. But, yeah, no. I don't I, know, those, those stretch machines where you lay upside down. Yeah, I could maybe be, like, six There's one. a way. No, but. How tall are you? I'm, like, 5'11", six foot. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it we'll is call cute. It six. We'll call it six. You can call it six. The girls like six. Charity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, I mean, like. I, I like I don't know I always think of the age 35 so I'm 25 right now but when I'm 35 like I want to be like like my girlfriend doesn't like this but I want to be like 195 you know like I'm like 165 right now like I want to I want to like have man weight you know like I want to have man weight I want to look like a superhero and I know like people who are that you know weight are probably taller but like I don't know. I want to. And so that's what I'm thinking in my mind. I'm like, okay, I got 10 years to do that, but like I have to gradually make some progress here. And so that's my goal is to like just continue to look good, but just get not bigger, but like thicker in a way. I get it. Sense. Yeah. That's I mean, my goal. You think I, it's tough for him. Like imagine being like the hot one of the group. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, damn, bro. I don't even know how to keep the comments out. Like, I don't know. It, it gets to me a little bit because there's so many. Like, <laughs> well, this morning, Jack G is eating like eggs and bacon and Jack J is eating McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you were eating McDonald's. It was, I've been, I've been trying, I was disappointed. I've been trying to get good in the gym, but t this morning was a time crunch. I did just run out of eggs. I got to make another Trader Joe's run. Yeah. But I've been better as of late. But I don't know. Like, I... No, I mean, dude, it's like he's, there's he's no been right sober, or wrong. He's been sober for a while, you know. Those extra carbs from yeah, the, the beer, beach days, dude. the beers. It definitely, you know, gets to me a bit more. But yeah, luckily I still got my metabolism intact, bro. So. And you just have great genes. Like I remember you were the first kid. Thank in, you. In, they're in, actually guests. They're guests. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, no, but seriously, you had I guess I was so jealous. Like you just had like a natural six pack in uh, 
the in skinny like six seventh pack. or eighth grade. <laughs> yeah. But I your abs, puberty. you know, they're very well aligned. Like I was just like, how does he do that? But it's like if I can just get him to born. pop a bit more, I think I could look. I think I could look like a stud. But we'll get there. You bro, know, I saw a, a video of us on stage in like Miami once. It was like ninety degrees. We both had our shirts off. I was like, bro, Johnson is shredded. It's the Y one hundred. Like you literally look like like a soccer player, dude. Yeah, that was I was good back then. We were doing the meal prep. We were doing the whole nine. Bro, you got it so easy. You could do it in two seconds. I've been on it. I've had a good week so far. But definitely the alcohol stopped drinking like helps me so much like little body fat things yeah because it's just like i was you know we were drinking like i don't don't know how many i don't know even what the calories are on that stuff the only owner (laughs) the only owner of an alcohol brand who's sober you know yeah yeah it's crazy (laughs) i'm literally double fisting each day (laughs) have you tried one of them yeah yeah sister i'm double fisting them well are you drinking oh they're both cracked yeah which one's better oh i you could be honest berry is really striking me yeah, really. Okay. It, okay, that's good because like I'm a peach guy. My but dad likes everyone's got a different well. palate. I like the blue. I'm a big blue raspberry person. Yeah. How would you find these people? So it was in Canada, in Montreal, and one of our best buddies, Nico, who we met actually just you know kind of like how we met you in LA, right? Like he was just out here, and uh, we hit it off one night. And his uh, family knew like the owner, so we yeah. we culminated a relationship with Nico over the years. Never a business thing, just like he was one of our buddies. Yeah. Um, and he came to me yeah. like a year and a half ago. And he was like, listen, like, would you be down to, like, come on board for this? We want to bring it to the U.S. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, I was, you know, drinking all the time. And so I was like, hell yeah, getting paid to, like, promote an alcohol brand and then drink for free? Like, that sounds great. And so then, like, we did all this work. And then in the midst of that, I, you know, I was, I went sober. And so Pulled the plug, then I was huh? like, okay, this is kind of a little bit more difficult than I thought it would be. But I still helped with, like, you know, I was like, I think we should do a fat can instead of a skinny can, even though it's a seltzer. So I'm glad that, like. My input affected this because I love the fat can look. It's super colorful. So do you like own a piece of it? Yeah, uh, a chunk of like USA. It's only in two markets right now. Yeah, so but it's in the crazy. US, we own the it. US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're um, cutting on that. But huge. Yeah. So he he went sober. Um, and this was in the midst where like we really had no plans of Jack and Jack stuff, and yeah. so it was like him and Nico's thing. And then you know we were we were gearing up for this launch. Uh, the team from Beach Day was out here for Memorial Day weekend. We were doing some event at their Airbnb, had a little party, Beach Day party to get some content. Yeah, Nico's like, bro, you don't drink. Like, wouldn't it be really helpful if we brought Johnson on because he's like he's already like promoting it like it's his. Because yeah, because I'm just supporting he was G just and being Nico. So you know, I'm gonna promote yeah. it anyways. And, and then, so they're like, let's just like, cut yeah. you in on this shit. So then we cut Johnson in, and then now you know this is like what we're doing. And, and it's good because he's not like a, a huge poster, so it's no. I feel like it helped getting me in the mix. You know? Yeah, <laughs> dude. I want to see these everywhere. No, they will be. They're, I think they're expanding to eight to ten states, eight to twelve states. Yeah, and like um, um, I think April, top of the, March, top of the year, maybe maybe February, spring twenty twenty three. Yeah, spring. But it's great. Yeah, you got some holiday flavors. Call them snow day. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Hey, 1%. marketing team, we're gonna send that clip to the marketing oh, team. Facts. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's but just like that. Just give away all my ideas here. And on this day, <laughs> no, no, Dan we'll got cut, rich. Hey, Dan, we will cut you in. Come on. Oh, I appreciate that. No, but the uh, they have like nineteen. 20 plus different products in I don't know why I said 19 so specifically I, feel well, like I think it is 19 I think it is 19 yeah, or 17 but different products right now it's only the two you got Berry Beach and Peach Beach that's whatever. all we have in the US but, but they, have an ener- they have an energy drink they have the low what? sugar version the low sugar variant that's more like comparable with a white claw vibe and so they have a zero sugar energy and I'm begging them to bring it to these, the states because yeah. I'm like so bro can I promote. can genuinely promote that yeah, yeah. I will drink it in my workouts I will I will bring it with me everywhere and it sucks because every time I post this stuff all my boys are like Bro, you're sober. Like, why are you posting alcohol? And I'm like, dog, it's a whole brand. It's not just the alcohol, but this is how we're starting. And, you know, I've tried it way back when, like when I was drinking, but it's not the same because this is like two new flavors. But I liked the product, right? And so that's where I was on board with it. And so, you know, one of my boys, Rupp, he always gives me shit. He's like, bro, you have to at least try this. And I'm like, I'm just like, hey, just swig it in your mouth and spit it out, you know, like a little mouthwash. I can do a taste test, but he won't even do that though. In case a drop gets in his, you know, he has to start over. Why are you sober? (laughs) I don't just like wanted to go sober, so I was like, forever. Well, tell him how it started. Like it started. Well, it started as a challenge, like a 75 day fitness challenge. You guys heard of that? Drink 75 hard. You heard that shit? So I did that, and then after like 75 days, I was like, hmm, like. Uh, let me just keep going. I've never gone sober for 75 days since I was 13. So like, you know, like, let me just try it. And then, um, and then I just kept going and now I'm like at like 495 days. Congratulations. Like, yeah. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't like a big issue for me. Like we were just drinking like, you know, pretty much <laughs> like we were in a frat. You were like an point. alcoholic or anything. No, I wasn't an alcoholic, but like going back to like, you know, fucking Xanax and shit. Yeah. It definitely is like, I wouldn't. I don't know. Like you I wouldn't was, make the best decisions. Yeah, I wouldn't I make the best decisions. Does. Like I don't know. Like you know, you wake up hungover, and I'm like, fuck it, let me pop a quarter bar. Like you know, because it feels good. And then after 
popping a quarter bar, you're like, well, I'm sober, but like that felt good. So like, let me pop half a bar and then half bar turns into a full bar. And then you're just like, you what know, are you doing, doing for the drugs? Day? Yeah, yeah, literally. And so then, then I was just like, all right, fuck all that and stop doing that. But then 75 hard came around. I was just drinking and smoking. I used to smoke so much weed. Yeah. Like you would wake me up with a backwood every morning. Every morning. Together. And I would have a bong. Like, you would waft it under my nose. And like the first thing <laughs> I wake like, up to is like, I'm already like? getting stoned. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. I just like to get high and I didn't like to get high alone. And so. I would always, you know, be a bad influence on my boys. People lie when they say weed's not addictive, too. It's, I, it's yeah. for sh- I think well, it's, the habit's addictive. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot of things addictive. It's the to ritual. It. Like, for me, I love yes. to roll. Like, I love rolling anything. I Oral roll fixation, anything. whatever it may Yeah, be. I would love the, the hand-to-mouth kind of, like, smoking. and so. But then, I, yeah, I was just like, fuck it. Let me just go sober for 75 days and do this challenge. And then felt good. And so then I'm like, all right. And then in the and I said, I've said this so many times in this interview, but in the midst of that challenge, I met my now girlfriend. And... Uh, we were like, yo, I was like, yeah, I'm sober. I have no plans to drink. She was like, oh, I'll be sober. And then like, she just like went sober. And then like, we've just been sober together. And so it's kind of like this thing that like we have together. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Do you think the relationship works because you're sober? For sure. hundred percent. Could I, it work yeah. if you got drunk? No, no, honestly, I don't think any relationship would work if I was drunk because <clears> I'm just like, you know, you, you just, people handle their alcohol differently. I am like, I have a lot of fun and I'm just like, probably not truthful and I wouldn't be the best person I could be, you know? That's so, beautiful, though. It's like, fuck, I don't think it would work. Is it hard to stay sober? Not at all, to be honest. Like, he doesn't even bat an eye. He Respect. He's yeah. never even like, yo, I want to drink with you guys so bad. Like, never even brings it up. Dude. Oh, I, like, I would love to take a shot with my boys. Like, on you know, just hey, get to Mexico the first day. When we win the Grammy, you know. If we win a Grammy or something, it's not like, you know, it's not. if I take a shot, I'm not going to, like, go down a dark hole, you yeah. know? Yeah, you but, are like, like an alcoholic. I'm, I'm fortunate to, like, yeah, I have full control of, like, you know, consuming alcohol and stuff it's just like i just don't feel like it and i know that i'm a better person without it so that you know is pretty much the only reason i'm not doing it and then my girlfriend like we just do it together it's just fun as hell that's beautiful yeah we like we hang out with all my boys drunk and we'll be laughing like dude people are so funny drunk but it's so entertaining and then we're just <laughs> like oh like we're gonna go home at 1 30 and then we're gonna wake up at 8 30 and then like i can go to the gym and i feel fine meanwhile i'm still like fucking trying to find my right sleeping position <laughs> the sun's coming up you know? <laughs> Yeah, but you know, I don't judge, you know? I, I love drinking and having fun. It's just, like, not for me anymore. I genuinely appreciate the both of you. Your honesty and your just genuine energy and giving us time and energy today. Like, thank you for taking it out of your day. Dude, thank Thanks you, guys. Yeah, we love coming here. Uh, it, you guys are embarking on an entirely new era, and I think the best is still yet to come. Appreciate that. And that's exciting for Cross two people who have been thing. doing it for a long time. Yeah, dude, eight years. We're, no, we believe the same thing, so we appreciate you saying that. And it's just, yeah, it's so exciting just to get back to work and, you know, finally be able to give our day one supporters something that they can get excited about again, where it's not like, oh, you're supporting one or the other. It's like Jack and Jack is back and we're like full steam ahead and it just, it feels amazing, you know? Yeah. Together forever. Exactly. Facts. Fuck yeah. Runaway is the record. There's a link in the description below. Please listen to it. Johnson, Glinsky. Thank dude. you. Thank you, Zach. Jack and Jack. Jack and Jack, everybody. (laughs) Dan and Zach. Oh, beautiful human, you made it through our conversation with Jack and Jack. Thank you very much. Now, I got to remind you to subscribe to our podcast, share it with those you care about, and let us know who we should talk to next, who we should invite on our show. You got the power. Send your suggestions this way, at Zach Sang Show, on any form of social media. I appreciate you. Be safe, hug your family, and have a great day. Oh, and don't go to jail. Talk to you soon. Today's show is hosted and executive produced by Zach Sang. It was also executive produced by Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zolot, Joshua Rusak, and Olivia Rudensky. Music by James Ashuto. Senior producer, Caitlin Plummer. Associate producer, Eve Bishop. Production sound mixing on today's show was done by Alex Goins, Nico Pierce, and Joseph Hartshorn. Sound mixing was done by Daniel Chavez-Crook and Ivan Wayman. Post-production manager was Caroline Rude. Production manager was Michelle Doristock. And our production coordinator was Bryce Herless. And that was an episode of The Zach Sang Show. Talk to you soon.